Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports, from college football to NASCAR. We've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime! And welcome, everybody, to the August 3rd edition of Reckless Speculation. Uh, we are doing a little switch up tonight. My name is Raj, and I'm going to host tonight. Uh, just starting off, I don't understand why in the intro pictures, Brandon Chain gets to look like a playboy, and the rest of us look like how we normally look. But anyway... Um, before I go on, real quick, I want to thank our sponsors straight up, CNW Construction, who uh, are just phenomenal construction engineers, and uh, they have a long line because they have five stars. And even if you don't use them, go on Google and give them five stars. Trust me, uh, it'll help you out in the long run. Wow, look at that trellis. Uh, next would be uh, what Davis Kessler and Davis. Uh, Chattanooga's premier personal injury law firm. Uh, wonderful photo, including uh, the gentleman that is uh, photoshopped on the far right. But uh, Mr. Robert Davis, who was on our panel, along with that cat, they were both on a uh, billboard in Chattanooga, which is very cool. And finally, we are powered by Jack, who isn't. But uh, yeah. That's good stuff. And you're going to see right away that we are powered by Jack, uh, literally and figuratively. Before I go even further, you can find us on Facebook, Facebook Live. Uh, it's recorded on our Facebook page, Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Gratify, Alibi. Uh, and speaking of Alibi, we're going to start out with introducing our resident attorney, a gentleman who prevailed in a very big law case here in uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Congratulations uh, to Mr. Robert Davis. What's up, Rob? Hey, man. Uh, if you can plant evidence somewhere, you can plant a Photoshop person in any kind of advertisement. So that's what we're getting there. It's what's, what's, what, what appears to be real is not real. So what um, you're saying hey, is the police did that picture is what you're telling us. Uh, I'm not going to say it's not. Um, but yes, hey, thanks for having me, man. Good to, good to be here. I'm glad you're hosting. I'm glad to be a talking head this week. Yeah, you, you're probably better at that. Uh, coming up next, we are going to uh, the Barbie of the show, not the Ken, the prettiest of the four of us, Mr. Brandon Chain of CNW Construction. Chain, how are you? I'm good. I don't know how that picture got up there. Uh, thanks, Tom. But I, I do look like the biggest douche out of the four of us. So <laughs> we're going to have to change that photo. <laughs> look, dude, uh, you know, we're we're talking about Sean Payton later. You're uh, you're you're a better looking Sean Payton, man. Uh, 
you're a less assholey Sean Payton. I'm usually Sean McVay is what I get. Yeah, more than Sean. yeah, you, yeah, are, you are, are. But now that I'm looking at Sean Payton and you do kind of talk some shit like he did, so it, you know, you know, you guys are yeah. brothers, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I'd go with you as the middle. Oh, a giant compared to y'all. I need to shrink down. Yeah, what are you uh, doing up there? Are you sitting? Are you sitting on a booster seat, Robbie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was on a booster. I put my uh, my chair low because I'm not 13. But uh, anyways, <laughs> finally we are going to our producer extraordinaire introducing a man with oh. a boat all the way from <laughs> Mr. Um, Thomas and or Tom Sloan. Tom, oh, how are you? God. I tell you, that, that may have been the, the, the funniest intro we've ever had. And, uh, and for the record, uh, we've said it before, um, Robbie doesn't have much of a social media presence, so there aren't many pictures of Robbie on the internet. Uh, you either, uh, Raj. So I, that's I what I'm to... working with. That's what I'm yeah. working with. So I uh, had to do a little trolling. And it turned out the only one that had any, uh, you know, uh, model esque looking uh, hey, poses. Hey, was anything Ray. was better than my rabbit photo. <laughs> that, 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 anything was better than that. I mean, I guess it's a good thing that Rob and I don't have us posing in a a, a model esque form with a nice tight fade and a bow tie on. But uh, yeah. that was hey, at a wedding, and I don't know who not. took that picture and <laughs> tagged me. In. It's Nashville, oh. bro. You don't have to explain anything. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure any of us have a strong mo- social media presence. Yeah, know. I used. I used to, but uh, I just I stopped looking good like 13 years ago. So it's it is tough to find. You got to troll. <laughs> um, so tonight we're basically gonna talk about football. We may touch on some other things, but we're gonna start with the NFL with uh, a couple of controversies. And we're actually going to uh, delve in, as you see to your left, after uh, college football and, uh, you know, the, the preeminent conference in the history of the world, the uh, Big Ten, which I am a proud future member of as I represent USC. Um, we're, we're finally going to start touching on fantasy football. You, uh, If you've had your draft already, you're a dumb shit. We've already talked about this. It, you, you know, two weeks or less, injuries aside, it's just stupid otherwise. Depth charts don't come out. I mean, tonight is the first semblance of NFL, and I know we all, like, can't wait for the Hall of Hall Fame, Fame game. game. Yeah, I mean, we can't wait for it to start, and then I watch, like, 11 minutes of it, and I'm like, ah, oh, okay, let's start week one. But um, anyways, we're going to jump right in. We've talked a lot about the most devalued position in the NFL, aside from kicker and punter, which is running back. And this week, we've had a very odd set of circumstances and drama played, um, primarily from, yeah, a stupid nature boy slash, and I would never demean Ric Flair because he's a god but kind of like a Vince McMahon, Ric Flair reject, and that's Jim Ursay. Um, Tom, let's start with you. What do you make of his comments this week and the way that there he's handled the discussions and his, his prize offensive, if not overall player, in Jonathan Taylor? Uh Completely wrong. I, I, those are two words that come to my mind. 
um, to come out uh, in public and say the comment that he made, if I were to die, uh, you nobody would remember us or whatever the case was in that situation. I just think that um, uh, it, it's kind of telling Jonathan Taylor that I don't value you at all. I don't care what you've done for me. Um, we haven't won, and I'm not going to sit here and think that um, because you want to trade, I'm going to appease you, um, which I think that'll create a lot more issues with other players on that team. So I think he just handled it completely wrong. Let, let's not sugarcoat it. Jim Irsay um, has a history of alcohol is, uh, issues. Uh, his face will tell you that because it's as red as the jersey behind me. So he's got permanent sunburn, and, and for those that don't know, he's had a number of issues, including in 2014 getting pulled over with 29 G's in cash, in a briefcase inside of a bag, and a number of prescription pills. Now we're not judging any of that shit, but before you start tossing out what he's saying, let alone about kids on his team that help him out, mm-hmm. and. Again, as a host, I swear a lot more than Rob as a motherfucker who inherited everything (laughs) from his dad who started a heating and air conditioning business. He's done nothing. Uh, I believe the 21st most valued or valuable individual or franchise in the NFL. I mean, to me, and and I'm going to go to Brandon here, it seems as if he's setting a market the, the way he says things. You know, we had a CBA we have this and, you know, he drafts a rookie quarterback for a reason. Um, but I've never quite seen an approach like this where the guy challenges or sets the bar by use of his own player. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I think it's been done before, but probably just not publicly. And I think that's, that's the issue that everyone's having here. Uh, you know, the, the running back market is not great right now, as we all know. Um, I think that plays a lot into it, and maybe that's what made him feel more comfortable saying it publicly, which is just asinine in itself. But, uh, you know, you as a business owner, you're, you're only as good as the people around you, right? You're only as good as your team. And um, the market for running back seems to have – taken a back seat as of late and some of these greats are not as rewarded as they should be um but you're a business owner would you ever call out one of your oh, no. people employees and say oh yeah that this is no that's I'm what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like absolutely not no you build them up and you encourage and you know work towards a common goal uh, but to to do that is saying that he's you know, he, he can replace him in any any given point. He can draft or free agent or whatever. And in saying that, he's not necessarily wrong, but to do it publicly is is terrible. And I don't see I don't see how someone could do that to you know a guy that's put so much for that team and you know, I guess he's still on his rookie contract and it's just it's not a good look at all for Ursa. He's he's just spiraling downward. 
before I go on to Rob, what's next? Like, what's the best case scenario here? God. Um, I gave you the hard for the Colts, for the Colts, yeah. or for for, for Taylor. Ursay Taylor. Like, I just was thinking, what the? Where do you go from here? That's tough. I mean, because you still have some pretty good free agents out there to sign. I mean, you could do one year deal with. So I think it's up to Taylor's agent to get in a room and really work this thing out and figure out what's going on. Um, if he could sustain being with the Colts, I think they got a good shot with him there. But obviously, he does not like where he's at. Um, and I could see him sitting out. And that's a great transition because Ursa actually tweeted that we negotiated a CBA, blah, 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 to say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Rob, exactly. First, he said that some agents are selling bad faith. A, a, a bit twisted by a, a great Colts reporter or NFL reporter in general. It, is he just deflecting blame here, Rob? Is this a CBA issue? Um, I Legally, do you, uh, letter of the law, do you side with Ursay, but don't like the way he handled it? Or what is going on at this point? Yeah, so, so, so legally, and let's take this in a small kind of prism, Jim Ursay is right that you can't, collectively bargain inside a collectively bargain agreement that's just because then those groups hurt the other partners of that collective bargain agreement so yeah this whole running back thing that's just nonsense so he's right on that um what i don't get from what ursa is doing is all right so look i do get hey running back positions undervalued but I don't get this kind of flaunting in front of your players, your employees, that you don't care, right? So there was a story that – so Jonathan Taylor makes $4.3 million coming out next year. That's a lot of money to most people. It's not to NFL players. And Ursay spent $20 million, allegedly, to move a well from Miami to – LA for the like some kind of Pacific Ocean preservation thing like that's so tone deaf during these negotiations like at some point so like with the, between the Texans and the Colts those two owners are so stupid like at some point you have to recruit it's, it's not college football but at some point you have to recruit players to want to come play with you and you're both small markets the, the, the AFC South is all small small markets. So you have to – owners have to give people reasons to come play there. And Ursay is doing none of that between Peyton, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck retired at 29 because Ursay wouldn't give him protection to save his life. Literally save his life. Like that guy is a, a horrible owner. And the Texans, you see that – like. It's just a bad situation, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on Taylor's side of this, even though he's on the weak negotiating standpoint of this. Ursay is just a terrible owner, and he was the one talking the most bleep about 
um, Snyder. And hey, Ursay, you have your. Hey, I have a drinking problem. I'm fine with that. He had a pill problem, and I also don't own a billion dollar franchise. Like you know. Spe- like, speaking of that, Rob, they're they're suing Jimmy Ursay. The the Washington Commanders are suing Jim Ursay oh. for his comments that were made. Oh, I, I imagine. You uh, also didn't have a mistress who. We don't hey, know why. Easy now. At his house, you know. Um, yeah. And I want to, I want to delve further, layperson wise, into collective bargaining. Isn't it? The definition to me is something more official. And he seemed to take the running backs on a texting thread as collective bargaining. I didn't think there was some kind of semblance of official collective. Bargaining. Now, I'm not saying we need a like a union or something, but but is what the running backs did together wrong? Because he seemed to use that against them, did he not? Um, I think he tried to, but again, like he's a loose cannon. Like the owners, like Roger Goodell speaks for them. Uh, Demore Smith spoke for the players. They came to an agreement. So you can't like 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 it couldn't be like the AFC South or NFC North or that they, they can't come to their own collective bargaining agreement and say we're gonna form an alliance and then we'll we'll negotiate. That's just not how it works. And okay. so I Jim Ursay, he's rich, but he's also an idiot, in my opinion. And rich pe- people many times are idiots. And he's ran he's had two like He's been Green Bay. He's had Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, two generational talents, and has won one Super Bowl. That's how bad he is as an owner. That's a good transition because speaking of someone who is rich and largely considered right now out of nowhere to be an idiot, that would be the former New Orleans Saints and now Denver Donkey – Excuse me, as a born and raised in Los Angeles, a Raider fan. Uh, I hate Denver because John L.A. ripped my heart out, primarily with less than two minutes left, about eight million times. But regardless, John Payton out of nowhere just comes out and, and essentially says, as producer extraordinaire will lay it down right here. And, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but the previous regime had one of the worst coaching jobs, or he said, it, yeah, one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. And there were 20 dirty hands around quarterback, dirty hands, Russell Wilson. What in the hell? I'm going to start there, Tom. Dirty hands. What the hell does he mean by 20 dirty hands? That's a good one. I I I don't know. Um and I think I think Aaron Rodgers kind of summed it up nicely where he kind of laid the groundwork for maybe if they don't succeed, hey, this is the reason why because um look at what I was handed over uh, the offseason. So, um I do have a video here of Aaron Rodgers that I want to play, and Please. I really think I really think this sums up 
the situation. Not a big Aaron Rodgers fan, but I, I kind of agree with him on this one. About Sean Payton's comments directly, but I will ask you to maybe address Nathaniel Hackett as a coach and what he means to you and what he can bring to this Jets team. That story goes out there. I had about a million texts from people in the coaching community saying that was out of line. Was there... Yet you see Hackett out here. He's still pumped up. I don't think it affects him as much as maybe it affects everyone on the outside. And yet you and him have this great bond and union together where you've always had his back. He's always had yours. Yeah, I love Nathaniel Hackett. And those comments were very surprising. Um, to, for a coach to do that to another coach. My love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Kept in touch. Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Yeah, I mean, I, quarterback, I, man. That's my quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he summed it up, and well, and uh, you you knew that Rodgers was gonna defend Hackett. Uh, they he had his greatest season as as a pro under Nathan, uh, Nathaniel Hackett being the OC in Green Bay. So um, I agree. I I think Peyton got a little bit big for his britches in this situation, and and um, he did walk it back which you know he he owned up to it um but yeah just not a good look for Peyton and and I gotta side with Aaron Rodgers here well chain there's a code that has been mentioned multiple times from other coaches this goes along the same lines what is that code that they're referring to and if so, why would Sean Payton say what he said? Yeah, the code, I mean, you just, you don't talk shit about other people like that on camera in public. Like, this is, it's just, it just looks really bad. Um, is he sandbagging, like, for Denver? I, I think, I, I really, I, I really think that summed it up, like what Roger said, maybe he's setting himself up for an easy fall, um, like, if, if they do fail. But at the same time, it's like, everything's, he's blaming everything on coaching. Well, he's there now, and he's got the same talent. Like, he should do 10 times better, right, according to his work. So... We'll see. Like, he's a great coach, but I've, I never thought I would hear him say anything like this. He's never been that guy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden, I don't know if it's because he's been out of spotlight for so long as far as getting uh, media prep and ask, ask these tough questions because he's, you know, been sitting behind a booth. But um, it's just, it was off-putting, you know, for everyone involved. And, you know, let, let's be honest here. Russell... Wilson looked terrible last year and it, it wasn't just the coaching. Uh, so I, I'll just throw that out there. Um, 
I, I think he's he was overrated. Uh, that that was one of the worst trade deals in payments <clears throat> I've ever seen in football. He also lost his best friend, who was his trainer. I think five weeks before the season started, uh, somebody that had worked with him for fifteen years. Um, so I, I think that came into uh, effect with Russell Wilson. So, but yeah, it was it was a horrible season for him. No, it was it it was very unlike him because he he excelled in Seattle. Uh, he, he was one of the top you know eight quarterbacks in the league. So. And Denver uh, went out and signed Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers to solidify that line, solidify uh, two of the top. They probably overpaid for both, but is Russ, who is what the – we were talking about quarterback being paid, what, $48 million or something, is getting two new offensive linemen. Are we going to see some semblance of the old Russ? Now, for those that don't know, Tim Patrick, arguably Denver's best receiver – uh, probably yeah again he got hurt and he's done for the year uh, is 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 he sandbagging is is russ gonna have a russ year or is this is this just gonna crash and burn i don't think oh. he is man <laughs> I, I think he's gonna crash and burn personally but go ahead rob yeah i was gonna say this is either extreme confidence or extreme worry, right? So he's either saying, hey, I know this this prior coach messed up and we're going with this, but that would be so out of the box for a coach to throw another coach under the bus, which makes me think it's extreme paranoia and extreme worry that he's like, oh, I took this job. I'm the savior. Well, my quarterback may not have it anymore. And so... Now, I'm going to blame it on somebody else. Cause it, 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 I, I, I was looking, thinking back. I was like, I can't remember the last time any coach has ever thrown anyone under the bus. And so like, it, oh. Yeah, you could have, he could have done that tastefully after the season if he gets his, you know, butt kicked this year. Yeah. Like, this was just crazy. Raj, you're on mute. Raj, you're on mute. And that's why we're new at hosting. You said extreme confidence. I don't really call that confidence. I mean, if you're if no, you're looking, no, at, no, I said it's either or, either extreme yeah. confidence or extreme paranoia. Well, I don't even see how it would be a semblance of extreme confidence, but that's neither here nor there. Maybe it is in real life. I mean, as I've well, been well, sick, well, I'll, I'll explain it to you. I think. If you're if you're watching Russell Wilson in practice and he's the goods, and you're like that coach really did f him up, and you're seeing this, you're like, yeah, I mean, I'm just telling the truth. But again, what coach says that? So I mean, if if I mean Sean Payton is arrogant, he's from that Bill Parcells coaching tree of, hey, we know we're good, we're good. Y'all all grew up in that era too. Parcells was the, sh- but so was Belichick, and he would never say that shit. And like I said, no, I've never. Par- I've Parcells been- would though. Belichick wouldn't. I don't even know if he would. And side note, like Parcells saying something like that. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's it's just sandbagging. Um, I'm I'm trying to associate it with something. I again, I haven't been single for 
decades, which is sad to say, <laughs> just the decades part. But like, there's always tomorrow. It's not like looking at some fool <laughs> and being like, what, what was that? I said, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> Dude, Stephanie has a, my wife has a countdown until our kid who's nine is 18. Uh, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Um, that, I mean, just to, to go out of your way to put someone else down to me uh, reflects a significant amount of insecurity. But there's another angle here. And Tom, I think you have a graphic on this that Mike Tomlin said. And I'm going to Rob specifically with this because to me, we're not conspiracy theorists per se, but let me guess, that's going to be a Thursday night game on Prime and everybody's going to watch it. Like, are we all like, are they following a playbook here and we're all suckers? Because I usually wouldn't watch the donkeys and the Jets at that point, five, you know, five weeks in. Why does Mike Tomlin even say that? So this is not scripted. I have on my notes, by week four, we'll forget about all this. Now, I could be wrong. I think we will. But Mike Tomlin could be right. It could be all this play. And it get well, I don't think sports are scripted. I do think there's an entertainment factor in them. Mm-hmm. And so this could be one of those things like, hey, a Aaron Rodgers going to New York. Let's call some drama. It could be. I don't know. But I don't think it's scripted, but it will be interesting to see. Obviously, they're going to flex this game to the highest place they can get it. Um, but, hey, Tomlin's no idiot. Tomlin's probably the most front – forward person in the NFL. Like, if he says it, there's there is smoke there for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, if you remember last year with, with Russell, who was his first game? First week? Denver against yeah. Seattle. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this could be a little bit of hype, uh, a little preseason hype for, for a game that normally really wouldn't mean a whole lot. But newsflash, the former head coach is the O.C., so um, it's very well, intriguing, very intriguing. Absolutely. And, you know, any press is good press, right? And you get talked about during the headlines right now. People are going to mark this game on their calendar because of what's going mm-hmm. on right now. They're going to watch this. So, you you know, you, you probably, you know, got another 10, 15% more viewers uh, of what originally was going to watch the game. And, you know, this hype around it, I'm anxious to watch it. I'm anxious to see, you know, is Russell, was it just a coaching, you know, blunder or, and then the whole Aaron Rodgers factor in New York. I mean, the Jets, they're one of my favorite teams this year uh, with with that defense and their weapons and Aaron. I mean, dude, they're going to be nasty. So. You just like their receiver. Well, I mean, that's a given, but it's not just him. And you know, he was being a bit cheeky there. The whole keep keep my name out of your mouth, like that that goes way back, hip hop and everything. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's recently been big, Tom, on TikTok. Yeah. And and Rogers is a Berkeley grad, very savvy, intelligent guy. 
So I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Am I right? That was from uh, Will Smith, right? To Chris yeah. Rock. Yep. Keep my, Keep wife's, my name. wife's name out your mouth. It goes way back. There was a rapper like that. No, I know it does. But yeah, it, but like, you're right. Absolutely. Um, but that was like recently a trend on TikTok. I don't know if that's related to this shit or not, but I was just like, wow. Like uh, Aaron Rodgers is... Uh, He's cut from a different cloth, so I, I I don't think anything he does is not calculated. So I, I I there's no doubt in my mind he knew NFL Network was coming to town. There's been a couple other big name shows there, and he knew that that was going to be the one thing that they were going to ask him. So he was prepared, and he knew what to sure. say when to say it. So uh, he's. He's a, a a rare bird, so there's no question in my mind he uh, he had that planned out ahead of time. For sure. Last, but can can we say I want to say one thing real quick? No, no, no. Talk cool. about he gave up thirty five million dollars to solidify his O line here. What does that New say York. about the Packers? What does that say about the Packers when he wanted to take 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 from them and what they mm-hmm. wouldn't give up and what the Jets are willing to do for him? Um, I think this dude, I'm all in on this Jets team. And, and that was my and next question. Right here. No, my, I'm sorry to cut you off because that was my next question, and it was for you. Exactly that. And then he kind of said, you know, this is like my favorite coach ever type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hack it. yeah. Um, but yeah, that that that's absolutely dude, it. And that, and that speaks volumes. That. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers gave up part of his ego so, for a team. Yeah. What the fuck is happening? That's never fucking happened. Take this, what, two years back where he is just raping Green Bay uh, and getting as much as he possibly can squeeze from them. And he gets all of it. And everyone else, they have to trade everyone else away pretty much. And they they can't sign anybody but, you know, old vets that are on their last leg. And And then blames them for not, you know, uh, building around him. Yeah, and then he comes to... The Jets' first year gets a deal and then gives up 35 mil because he want, he believes in this team. I'm telling you, he's a weird dude, but he's also a very smart dude. And I think he knows he's got a real shot here. And I'm I'm with that. I, I love this Jets team, dude. This one Brandon's going to gonna draft Aaron Rodgers first round. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's the one we have to worry about. Uh, final question, Rob. Did well, number one, what about Zach Wilson? That's a B. Have the Jets done way too much aside from him giving up 35 mil? Did he do it for the team or did he do it so they could sign Lazard and Cobb and other guys just to make him happy? So, number one, or a Zach Wilson, B, is he really doing this for the team or is he doing it to make himself feel comfortable? Um, so with a Zach Wilson, like, I mean, we said this during draft day, they made a mistake and like, he's not an NFL quarterback. He's a backup. He's going to always be a backup. He's, I mean, that's fine. You can make a great living being a backup quarterback. I wish I could do that. Um, he's just not, uh, starting quality. His mom would be more famous than him. Sorry. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Um, Milf, Milf. 
Aaron Rodgers, so as most people know, the Packers organization is structured very weird. It is, there's no owner, there's shareholders. This is the first time I think Aaron Rodgers has gotten into a owner dynamic where, hey, let's talk about how the salary cap works. While the Packers still have a general manager, they don't have an owner that wants to win that badly. So I think this is a new thing for Aaron Rodgers. I think he saw Tom Brady. Like, look, Aaron Rodgers is a weird guy. Uh, We all know that. But he's still a professional athlete. He still wants to win. He saw what Tom Brady did. And even though no one else sees Aaron in Tom Brady's eyes, uh, Aaron sees himself in Tom Brady's eyes. And so he says, hey, Tom Brady went to a different team and won. I want to do that, even though he'll only have two, but he'll still have the two teams and one. I think that's kind of where his mindset is. No, I, I agree absolutely, and that's a great point. Uh, by the way, just looking at the 2021 draft, we tend to, you know, we always state this about measurables in the combine. He can do this and that. You know, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, number two and number three. Kyle Pitts, you know, number five was Jamar Chase, arguably the best or second best receiver yeah. in the league. Uh, at number seven, Tom, who was picked for the Detroit Lions? And in 21, it Panay And I would rate him as probably one of the best tackles in the league. I mean, top five or ten for sure. The point being, you know, Patrick Sertan. He's uh, a great pass catcher, too. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he's, he scored at least one or two. Uh, Rashawn Slater, Vera Tucker for the Jets, uh, Devontae Smith, Justin Fields, and finally – at number 12 was probably the best defensive player in the league and Micah Parsons. Uh, it's just funny to me that the Jets at two are, are relevant right now and very good, and they blew that number two pick just two yeah, years ago. I don't think they're going to be very good, guys. Why do you say that? Uh, because what you said, they you can't continuously blow draft picks and then all of a sudden say you're going to get an old quarterback and be good. I just – I don't think that. Well, they they were pretty damn good last year. Their defense was phenomenal. They were they, they were had quarterback Zach away. They were a quarterback away. <laughs> so if you just look at the eye test of what they were last year, and then add the pieces they added, dude, that this division year, is dude, so that, tough. Miami, New England, good. dude, they will blow Miami's brakes off. This is right. 20 yeah. years of proof Todd, of Rob's theory. I can't, I, can't, I can't wait for our NFL preview. I'll take Miami York. Uh, of no proof chance. of Rob's theory of failed draft picks. Yes, yes. You can't, you can't keep missing and then be like, oh, yeah, we're good because we're going to get on free agents. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, a lot of us are glass half empty guys and – we're pretty good, but you can't help but think, what if? And what if the Jets didn't freaking blow the number two pick overall? And, again, they got Vera Tucker at, what, 12, or a USC guy, of course. Uh, God, I mean, who knows who they could have gotten? You know, you put Micah Parsons, what if, what if, what if? But sure. they thought he was their franchise, and instead they sign a 40-year-old quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so dumb teams don't stop doing dumb things. Because you all of a sudden do one smart thing. No, you're still a dumb organization. Like, the Jets are a dumb organization. 
I'm writing that down because that's I'm not I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, but that needs to be a meme. Like I said, if you look at what they look, look, look. Hey year, Tom, Tom, I'm looking to you. Season ticket holder. Dumb teams don't stop being dumb. This is yeah. one thing, right? It's another hey. here's the thing about the NFL is you can literally change overnight. Like you literally can. This isn't college. Um, Brandon, you say that. You say that. I don't know. Hey, hey, Brandon, Brandon, say that. Who's the worst owner that's won a Super Bowl? <laughs> the worst owner that's won a Super Bowl? Yeah, who, oh. who's the worst organization that's won a Super Bowl? The Raiders were once a good organization. Shut your mouth. <laughs> um, Probably, uh, the Colts? The Colts. <laughs> yeah, and they had Peyton Manning, a generational talent. Sure. Yeah, so it's it's ownership like in the NFL ownership matters, but they still won a Super Bowl. But you know you're gonna get to that peak eventually, right? right. So they probably should have won this more, year's though. the year for the Jets. Oh, the, the Colts should have won many yeah. more. Sure. Side note: yeah. one of the best weekends of my life, sports wise, was seeing USC beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame, which is an amazing game day. Went to LA, flew back into Indianapolis. And saw the Raiders win with Rich Gannon Sunday night football against the Colts and Peyton Manning. Awesome. But the most awesome part was it was the first time I saw someone doing an air guitar to the national anthem. Kudos to you, Indianapolis Colts fan. I've never <laughs> seen an air guitar done to the national oh. anthem. And this guy fucking killed it. And it was just the cap. I was like, yes. And then we won that game on Sunday night football. Uh, with Rich Gannon, a great, great free agent signing. But yeah, I've, I've never been to Indy. I've heard it's a great sports town. Uh, it is a great city. I, I'm so underrated. The, I, I, I'm on the wait list for Taylor Swift tickets for 2024. Oh, so God. let's see how that works. You guys know that I was fortunate enough to be hooked up for the COVID NCA tournament. And I think it should be held in Indianapolis every year. All four venues were right there, walking distance from where I stayed uh, really Butler, the gym was like a seven minute Uber ride, but uh, everything was right there. And what it a was good transition. Let's, let's flat get out big 10. Amazing. Yeah. As we move on to the university of Indiana, wait, are they still in the big, t- we should kick those fuckers out, but uh, <laughs> at least in football, but no, moving on to college football, the big 10 expansion. Oh, where to start here? You've got an extremely progressive pioneering league with Kevin Warren, who is now the president and CEO of the Chicago Bears. But he was the one that went to USC and UCLA after the joke of the Pac-12. Quickly, I'm just going to state that, you know, right now it's projected the media rights deal with the Big Ten that USC and UCLA could get upwards of 100 to 110 million under the Pac-12 deal, the media rights deal that Tennis Larry Scott signed, which was a 12-year deal uh, without negotiating like privileges uh, years ago, the max they would have gotten was like 29 or 30 million. Being said, now, now let me say this first. I'm, I'm going to go to Tom last on this. Um, chain, at first, the Big Ten and their presidents, they kind of said, okay, we got USC, UCLA, but we're not ready for anyone else yet. Is, is that an accurate statement? And if so, why do you think that was? 
I think it was just because of timing. Um, everything is up in the air right now. Um, the divisions are all scrambling, trying to solidify their their namesake or conference in in this crazy free for all, if you will. But um, let's be honest: the Pac-12 is is on a free fall downward and they're dead. And now some of these bigger schools are trying to grab or, or bigger conferences are trying to grab these bigger markets. And, you know, Hey, they big Ten's already got, you know, USC, UCLA coming. Why not get Oregon, Washington? So, and that, and that's what's happening here. Well, two um, questions. Then, Why didn't they do that before? That's my first question. When USC UCLA joined, was it just because it was so novel? Um, my second question for you would be, as a Big Ten purist and uh, a fan for decades, what are your thoughts on this West Coast expansion? I'm Starting for it. Why Oregon and Washington? So why Oregon and Washington? Because they're big market. I mean, Oregon, obviously, Nike, you know, the whole deal, big market. Washington as well. Um, so now you you really span across the country here um I, I love the whole west coast side here uh but why not it's a before? good why not why before? Didn't they do this before i think it's it's all situational though i mean i i think you know they it started as you know the the power conferences sec big 10 were starting to grab and reach for people all right so they got the best team out of the Pac-12, which was USC. UCLA was, you know, a nice added bonus with the Big Ten. And now they're seeing the, you know, demise of the Pac-12. And they're like, okay, there's a couple other markets that we can grab here. Let's go ahead and make a, make a ploy for them. So I think that's what's happening. It's situational. And, you know, I, I could see them going to 20 teams eventually. The Pac-12 is done. Whatever teams don't get scooped up by the Big Ten or potentially, Big I don't, 12. I don't know. If, yeah, I was going to say Big Twelve would be the rest, and I don't think SEC is reaching out to the West Coast. So SEC is probably more focused on the East Side, East Coast, Clemson, uh, those teams. Notre Dame's never going anywhere, though. They're they're going to be this entity by themselves, and somehow they're going to get high profile scheduled games. And I'm, I'm going there next. Rob, why is Notre Dame still Notre Dame when it comes to everything? Licensing, isolationism. Why are they the only school, aside from carrying a religion, that can do whatever the fuck they want? Um, I'll answer that question in a second. Um, so what I'm looking at right now is and i know you guys hate my racing analogies but this is the way i see it um the sec is playing nascar and the big 10 is playing formula one the big 10 is saying we're going everywhere we're going to expand our brand as we want the sec is trying to hunker down on their prime yeah. Well, yeah. And that and was so, my next question for you was, did they shoot their shot? Did they blow their load with 
It's being overly regional with Oklahoma and Texas well, where the Big Ten's going coast to coast. Well, I still think like so so I don't so it's it's interesting because I don't know the numbers, but I don't think Rutgers and Maryland's draws enough TV market to actually counteract it. But I, the SEC is boxed in now, so maybe they go down to Florida, but they already have Florida market. Uh, UNC to me is the big fish. Um, I, I and then I don't think Notre Dame really is as powerful a brand as y'all do. Um, and, and you know y'all y'all grew up with Michigan Notre Dame, USC Notre Dame. Uh, where we grew up, it's just not like I don't care what Notre Dame does. Um, now that would that see want them? Yes, for that. But I would, the only so, school who had a premium television network deal. But but you but if you if you get them if if you get Notre Dame you have to break that TV deal and you have to pay for it. So UNC to me is the largest. Not chip unless you're the Big Ten. Uh, it. I mean, yeah, I guess like I'm just worried that the, the SEC is just and not that it matters really because it, it it's always going to be a two team league right or two team sport two-league sport. It's going to be the Big Ten SEC. And then how many teams each conference has, doesn't matter. But the SEC is falling a little bit behind, in my opinion. Where, and I'm going to move to you, Tom. This is a difficult subject to approach, and we had talked about this, but with the Big Ten, there is a, a sense of academic standards if you will and there were thoughts of you know an article i read of them moving east towards virginia who is or their school is a top one two or three public school in america beautiful campus university of north carolina that there's sort of an academic integrity and standard that be maintained um you know the the big 10 was a pioneer in the sense that yeah, it was Rutgers and Maryland, but they started expansion 10 years ago, right? 2013, yeah. 2011. Nebraska. Um, Penn State. Yeah, absolutely. And Nebraska. So they – well, let me just go with you in this. What's next for the Big Ten? And do Oregon and Washington satisfy some sort of criteria? Virginia, wherever, you know, what do you see happening with the Big Ten? Well, there there was an article that came out today said they're vetting 10 teams. Um, I do believe it's right here. Um, wow. Does this mean super conferences, two of them? Uh, right. Um, is it or is it this one right here? Um, yeah. OK, here's here it is right here. Um oh. So they were vetting 10 teams, obviously West Coast. And I think they're looking like what you were thinking with Georgia Tech, Virginia, Duke. Uh, So these are programs that are high uh, academic. I think they want superiority across the country, coast to coast, corner to corner. Uh, They have the TV coverage. And if anyone's watching the game, Right now, they are promoting the heck out of 
Saturday night, Big Ten on NBC and Peacock. So I think they're trying to stay one step ahead of the SEC. I like your analogy, Rob, with F1 and NASCAR. F1's worldwide, whereas NASCAR is, you know, they're kind of sticking to, you know, they're starting to uh, branch out a little bit. But um, I think that the, the Big Ten wants to be the king when it comes to college football. Well, and it, it, I, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Rob. I was going to give you yeah, final. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, in a weird way, could we be going back to the pre-BCS error where it's like – Error the, is the right word, actually. <laughs> the Big 12 or the Big 10 crowns their champion, the SC crowns their champion, and they don't play again. Like, it, like it – I think there's a danger in these conferences fighting so much against each other that they're not working together on the greater good. I mean, that's well, a. I, mean, I don't know if it'll go far that far back because obviously you're looking at a 12 team playoff coming up next year. So, um, and for that we're not, reason. We're not, we're not, hold on, Tom. Hold on. That 12 team playoff was premised on there being conferences and like it, it's all just changed. Like, so there's no more pac 12. So everything like it's all changing so dramatically. Like I'm not sure anything is set in stone. No, I mean, probably not. I mean, clearly. Cause the pac 12 won't have to see the table. Yeah. No, no, no. there's maybe this pack. year, maybe this yeah. year, but that'll be it. But uh yeah. Um, clearly with the big 10 looking at schools, uh, additions, I, I think that that tells you right there that nothing's set in stone. So, um, um the big, the big and 10 is by far being the most aggressive and the most profitable, progressive. And, and, especially if they can get Oregon and Washington at half price for their revenue sharing, right. that's a steal. Which and Washington, off. well, no, I don't want to cut off Tom. He's nice. Go ahead, Tom. Washington, the regents were meeting tonight. So yeah. I, I think Oregon and Washington is inevitable. I think I, you're I think at least going to get to. Yeah. Um, I, I keep hearing Clemson, but then I also hear Clemson to the SEC. So it, I think it's going to come down to. Sense. It makes more sense to the SEC. Yeah. Clemson, Clemson's got no, it, it, it. Clemson has a TV hard contract. Portal. No, no, because South Carolina has veto rights and so that's why florida state clemson have never been or louisville because each state school can one of them can veto the other state going in the only exception was texas a&m and texas coming in so they didn't have the grandfather rights in so it, it all all 12 or 14 schools now have to sign in on south carolina or clemson or florida state coming in and we'll we'll trade you the Rutgers and uh, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as an Indian and uh, in New Jersey, there's a lot of us there. That's a great school, and we believe in academic synergy in the Big Ten. So, yeah, fuck up. No, oh, you're a Big Ten guy. Sorry. Um, no, final Sorry. word on the Big Ten before Sorry, we get in. <laughs> before we get in. Uh, into like our kind of fun fantasy, the start of our hodgepodge is that logistically speaking, and I've said this many times, 
you know, USA and UCLA can't travel across the globe every week, um, you, you know, and nor can Big Ten teams do the same. So it does make sense in many respects that, say, a Michigan and Ohio State both come out the way we did in rest in peace Pac 12 was there were two Arizona schools, two LA schools, you know, the mountain schools, Colorado and Utah, two Bay Area. So one would play like in basketball, USC would play one on Thursday and UCLA would play the other. They'd switch on Saturday. Logistically well, speaking, it makes a lot of sense to expand to the Northwest. Raj, 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 question for you. I think Utah is the most powerful brand not accounted for right now. Do you agree or disagree? I disagree. Arizona? Uh, Are we – meaning Oregon and Washington are out of the picture? Yeah, yeah. Oregon and Washington are gone. um, Probably. No, I I would agree with that. I Mm -hmm. I would say uh, that's a very loyal – television watching state in general now BYU runs the state they have their own network well there's nothing yeah, else to do there <laughs> Utah has a very Utah's the best home field advantage Rice Eccles is insane yeah. they always seem to get us on Friday night I would absolutely agree with that yes that that is the case and that um you know do with Colorado gone you, you know there's always a sense of symmetry do you want another school with them I don't know we'll see but yes, after that, you're absolutely right. Utah brings quite a bit to the table uh, in pretty much every major sport. Um, moving on, to, though, to your point, real quick, Raj, on the expansion, you know why? Why would the Big Ten not go after more West Coast teams? For your point, exactly for the travel. Um, now there's more options, and, and they're going to have two years of a guinea pig. To, to figure it sure. out. Sure. So, you know, yeah. now there's more teams on the West Coast. Maybe you go and they can and play that way. And hit two or three teams on the West Coast before you travel back. So it doesn't solve the time zone problem, though. I mean, that never has SC, every yeah, West Coast team, whenever we go to TV deals, start at 9 a.m., we fucking lose the game, but it is what it is. Um, I, I promise. You, you can ask me and Tom if. Ohio State or Michigan is playing USC at nine o'clock at night. We're tuning in. I promise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not missing that. Part. And that's what, another what, what thing. About too. If Michigan's playing Stanford. Well, as Rob knows, though, that's six o'clock on the West Coast. Half our fans are in fucking traffic. Meanwhile, <laughs> everybody else is there. Uh, but no. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. All right. Fantasy hodgepodge. It's a great point, Rob. You're not hosting. Shut the fuck up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Joe Hager, hard. trying to say that. Well, fantasy hodgepodge. Let's explain this. We wanted to kind of have a <clears throat> informal approach to introduce fantasy football to our show. It's something we all take very seriously. Uh, for those that don't know, I... I'm originally from Southern California, which obviously I say all the time and shit around me is everywhere. And I've been a part of 30 different leagues. When I moved to Tennessee, I was fortunate enough to be a part of a particular fantasy football league with two members of the panel, the lower two white guys with hats (laughs) on that are in it. Hopefully Tom would be there someday, but Tom's going to be pretty good. And it's the best fantasy football league I've ever been in. They have a live draft. We have a live draft. Uh, 
the Davises uh, are sponsors, an attorney. They, uh, the attorney, the law firm has uh, property near a lake, and it, it's just probably one of the best days of the year, if not the best. And I love this league, and I went from first to worst last year. I've been in it five years, been in the finals three years, two championships, playoffs every year, except last year where I got – oh, I didn't get yeah. last year. You wrote that down on your whiteboard, didn't you? What's that? <laughs> you were you wrote that on your whiteboard. You were just up there looking. No, I notes. didn't have to you write wrote that on your whiteboard. <laughs> That's one of the few things. The, the few things I remember is that I'm actually like. But when Raj is doing this, he's reading his whiteboard, and he just no, wrote down his fantasy five-year track right there. What I had to write was I didn't get last place. I got second to last, <laughs> which was fucking embarrassing. But Sorry, no, I mean that, that kind of goes into our. Uh, it's funny. We had three questions that we're going to get into quickly. Number one was, hypothetically, what are you going to do in round three, 12-team PPR snake draft? The next would be QBs, tier two, six through ten. Who would you pick? And finally, how can you get fucked in fantasy football as someone who won the championship, who basically got last place, second to last? I can answer that. But let's start out randomly. 12-team PPR. Third wow. round. So it's gone down and back on a snake draft. I'm going to start Let's start with Rob because you just never know with Rob. Rob, are you drafting a quarterback in this round if the right guy is there? And if so, boom. So I thought you were going to come with me. So I've looked at ESPN mock drafts. Uh, so I'm third, so I'm coming back. I've got Debo Samuel at 38 or Jerry Judy at 44. So I'm looking at one of those. We're in a PPR league, obviously. So Since when I'm have you done those- research, dude? I think one year you drafted a guy that wasn't even in the league anymore. Was that Michael Vick? Who was that? Hey, hey, don't you worry about my past. And uh just just just, just a little slight side note. Um yes, our fantasy league is very competitive, and uh you'll never meet 12 friends that distrust people anymore on everything. It could be like uh, <laughs> uh well hey <laughs> can you uh can you move my car from spot A to spot B and be like, oh no, 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 you can't touch my car. You're going to move it. You're going to drive it to the lake. It is a, it is an intense league. Um, I, I have won in 2005. That's my championship banner. I'm getting ordered to my house. Uh, Before Tom yeah. was born, for the record. Yeah, yeah we're, we're coming up on two decades here, boys. Yeah. Last time Before I was born. Uh, Who was in yeah. that league? Back yes, then, no, no, I mean, I no, was no, okay, no. like your dog. I was, I was in it, and I, I, I drafted 97 Titan players. Um, that was the best. I played for fantasy in my life. That was the best. He came and just uh, like donate his, his, uh, his, his, his money. Uh, but no, I'm gonna go. I, I go Devo Samuel and uh, or Jerry Judy in that third round pick. I can't believe you researched, uh, Tom. There's a saying, I, I am personally, I've violated a lot of my principles, and one of them, I'm not going to say what it is, although I sucked last year, but 
Is it River City Media? Apparently, is it? Uh, yeah, no joke, man. Uh, I think there was a Leonard Weaver comment who was like a fullback for the Eagles back in the day who destroyed his leg. Uh, that that's got to be Randall. And we're not but, allowed to trade. You got to mention that we're not allowed to make trades. You we're not allowed. To trades. No, well, we're not allowed. We just don't trade each other. The the problem is Ro Bandle tries to trade these terrible trades when one of them's tanking and the other one's trying to make a push for the playoffs. They like trade their best player. For I don't know what you're talking about. Terrible. We have, we have veto power, have but veto that. but going forward, Tom, let me ask you this: in the third round, is there a situation? From a standard PPR where you can justify drafting a quarterback. Only if maybe the top two or three available. A Mahomes, a Mahomes, a Hertz. Uh, quarterbacks that are going to get you yardage on the ground that are going to possibly score touchdowns with their legs, not only with just throwing. So I, I, I only think maybe a Lamar, maybe. Um, so those three, if available, and it kind of depends on what you did in the first two rounds. So uh, I, I think those are the only situations where you would go that early for a quarterback. We had a, a temporary player last year with a – we're not going to say why he was temporary – with a brilliant smoking voice that should be on the radio, Arden, uh, with a Georgia Bulldog tattoo on his leg. I don't think he went to Georgia, but it doesn't matter because he's pretty fucking gangster. He picked up Justin Fields on the on the free agent on the wire. He ended up being an amazing pickup down the stretch. Would you consider Justin Fields as one of your top five fantasy quarterbacks? Let's just say under the right settings. Mm, no. I mean. Probably not because I don't trust their offensive line. I don't think he could take another season of abuse that he took last year, and he he doesn't do enough with his arm. So I, I, I from what I see right now, um, can that change? It could, but right now, from what I've seen, and I don't think Chicago's addressed their offensive line the way they need to. So um, he can't do it all himself. So probably not. Uh, yeah, Raj, if I may. Um, so ESPN has Joe Burrow as a five, the fifth best quarterback. Brandon, what's Joe Burrow? A bum. A bum. Yes, he is. He's yeah. a bum. Don't yeah, pick him. He he a bum with a calf injury right now. So he's a fantasy bum. Not like, a like, bum like, in like someone like someone dumb, sure. like Clipper Clay will draft him. That's the thing. Well, a bum. Hey, I would take Justin Fields over Joe Burrow fantasy-wise. Legit. I would too, but some flip side and background is that if I were Chain, I'd be bummed out too. Joe Burrow was all Ohio State. He goes to LSU for one year, and he becomes like the best college quarterback. Oh, I'm ever. not bummed out about but, uh, it. I mean, I would be. Well, I'd be. Well, Urban Myers is. Urban Meyer was a and the superest person actually, at the same time, which is actually, hard. Andy, any Bengals quarterback sucks. Andy Dalton, Burrow, they're all bums. You, you go play. In hey, don't don't hate home. on Big Red. Don't hate hey, on Big oh, Red. Oh, oh, don't get me started. Oh. It's QBR, by the way, Joe Burrow last year, almost 4,500 yards, 35 TDs, 12 picks. 
10th in the NFL in QBR, but moving forward, Shane, we had talked about it'd be fun to talk about a QB you'd pick uh, from six through 10, meaning that like the sixth best QB to the through the 10th. I'm not going to include Justin Herbert where I've seen that, but who is a quarterback that's under the radar, but not super under the radar, not like a Richardson or any of those guys, but who is a guy that can win you a championship? Tier two quarterback, six through 10. And I'm not even talking about Josh Allen. You know, I'm talking about. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, like, you know who I'm talking so about. I've got, I've got two in mind right now. Um, one is going to be Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think with Absolutely. his arm talent, uh, they solidified the offensive line a little better. They added some pieces. Trevor Lawrence could be a surprising outbreak this year. And then uh, I also like. The uh, massage man himself, Deshaun Watson. Old I mean, rub and tug. Old rub and tug. Wow. This guy. He's got he's got a lot of built up energy. He's got a lot of aggression. He's got to get out, you know, and that that equates to firing footballs down the field and touchdowns. So he's gonna blow that football Watson. down down the field. He, he's right outside, right in right in nine hey. or ten spot. But I I think uh, you know if if you're feeling lucky, take a flyer on him. I, it could work out for you. Hey, if you're feeling I think lucky. we murdered I think we murdered that analogy. Uh, uh, hey. They got a great old line. We're here all know. night, boys. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, who is Deshaun Watson's backup, Rob? <laughs> Former Tennessee quarterback? Josh Dobbs. Oh Joshua Dobbs. Is his oh, Actually, um hey. it was, he was third string tonight. It was uh Moan. <laughs> Uh, um, Kellen Mond, a former Mond. Job who transferred, and then DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, Isn't that sad that he started for us last year? <laughs> and he didn't do too bad. He didn't do bad. Well, he didn't no, I, I mean, he wasn't bad. terrible. Before I go to Rob on the final question on how you can get fucked, uh, who's just going to basically tell his strategy in general. Which is getting <laughs> The whole way yeah, yeah, it's inadvertent for him, but um, Tom, same question about six through ten, or actually, you know what? Let's expand. Who's a gem that maybe you can get as your backup? Um, you know, sometimes I've actually done this is picked in like the ninth and tenth round in a snake and went quarterback, quarterback, and it's worked out. Who is a gem six through ten, or maybe? 10 through 15, 15 through 20. Who's a guy that you're looking at? And I'm, I'm going to take two names away from you, three names. Four. No Goff, no Rodgers, no Tua. Well, I, I was going to pick Goff because I think uh, – I, I think knew you were going to pick He was Goff. the one. Uh, I'm going to give you a name. Matthew Stafford. I think if he's healthy, if he's healthy, along with uh, his uh, wife's lookalike, Cooper, um, two girls, oh. one cup, um, being healthy, that's, uh, not that's, right. a, that's a dangerous tandem. <laughs> so for fantasy-wise, I don't think the Rams are going to do a whole lot, but for fantasy-wise, for a backup sleeper, um, if healthy, Matthew Stafford uh, – which I think the Rams are hoping for that because 
they're probably looking to try and offload him some way and offload some of that contract. So, yeah. That hurt. Uh, by the way, if anybody has ever seen that or not seen it, don't. If you've ever heard of four girls finger paint, definitely don't fucking see that, which means everybody's going to go see it. That's the fucking worst I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of bad shit. Uh, Chain, you had something, no pun intended. Chain, you had something to say about that comment on a later round quarterback. All right, so if you're going for a number two with super high upside, take a shot at Anthony Richardson. He's had great rapport. This is why I love Brandon's no, free money. I'm telling this, you. I love Brandon's free why? money. I, I can't tell you. Chain money spends the best of all money. Listen. This a little is, bit of breaking news. A little bit of breaking news here. Um, <laughs> per our uh, good buddy Tim, sorry to interrupt. Arizona is in deep discussions to join the Big 12. Well, that, yeah. Arizona and... That's a Southwest thing. Yeah, that, that does make anyway, sense. Listen, that's a good point. Sorry. That's Look, a great point. No, it's a second, a it's a second quarter. Like, you never plan on starting a guy, but high upside, like having that guy potentially, you know, he's going to be a terrible quarterback for the Colts, but with his legs potentially. Literally, chain money spends the easy. It's like a Fields guy. You like, just take the hundred and just give it to the cashier, and it, does, it doesn't even feel bad. You're the worst fantasy player I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't even know why you're even speaking on this. He's story. got a point you there. You muted this entire topic. And as a host, I got to say, we're running a little long. Rob is good at shutting us up, but I, I think Chain had to make an important point that, Rob, yeah, you should probably – Probably should not hey, give your input on that. I have a I'm trophy. giving you the last point: is okay, yes. how can you get effed in fantasy football in drafting? And so I'm going to say early rounds, top seven rounds. How can you get fucked? I know. So, so I when when you put this question out here, I looked into it and I dug deep into it. And you uh, should have too. Not not only did I dig deep into it, I lived it. Uh, don't pass up on Kelsey. <laughs> don't, don't do it. I did it last year. You took Mark Andrews. Yes, yes. And the well, difference in Kelsey is ninth yeah. overall and 46th overall. And that would be a, a good huge, pickup this year. That's a huge gap. So don't do that. Don't do it. Just don't. There's do a it. reason why they traded Tyreek Hill and not Kelsey. Oh. And no, and he is Rand- blown hey, away. River City Media, Randall, don't you talk about my zero running back strategy? That's proprietary information. I'm doing it again this year. It's proprietary in the sense we all know not to do it, but uh, yeah, um, that's a great point. Anyone else? Final question: Mistakes yeah. you've made in the top six, seven rounds. Um, not you, Rob. You can go on for like five hours. I've drafted Ooh. five quarterbacks. I'm just. Don't draft. Do don't draft. Defense, you have like 38 beers, but go ahead, Tom. Don't draft based on best available. Think outside the box. For Look sure. at matchups. Look at bye weeks. Um, Look at contract years. Those are big things to look at for players that are playing for money. Uh, they usually tend to have higher stats that year. So, uh, I think a lot of people get caught up on the, oh, well, I'm number eight. I'm taking the eighth best player. That may not be the case. 
Kind of think outside the box with your draft. Last in our league, you have no idea. How and to, play to add to that point, Tom, I've been playing fantasy football for thirty years. I, I'm I'm very versed. Wild cards, wild cards. To add to your point, kickers go third. Draft based on your. <laughs> I did. Hold on, roster. hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna that's, address that's Randall's quote. I'm gonna address this right here. Uh, yes, I did lose to a girl, but. One caveat: his, her, her fiance or her uh, boyfriend, JP, is kind of a kind of a pretty good uh, fantasy football player. So yes and no, Randall. Hey, hey, no, no, you're not no, sexist. No, 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 no. Hold on, 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 because Alan doesn't draft anything. It's it's Carolyn. She's been here for like six years. Her name's yeah. Carolyn. Carolyn, Carolyn. What's different? Uh, she's not officially her. part of the league, but she just it. won the league. No, oh, listen. Also, look, caveat on, on top of Tom's. Don't draft and look at your like filling a position on your starting roster and be like, well, I got – one running back, and I need three wide receivers. Like, don't draft according to that. Do your research, you know, because you'll you'll just screw it all up if you do that and draft best available. It's dumb. And yep. My final point before we get into bet your nuts uh, is that stay away from potential. I know we like to see now. Now, maybe not in a case like Bijan Robinson or a guy that's just a stud back that's going to get the ball a ton although Algier is there but you know sometimes we see a guy that's going to fit and we pick that guy and we're like oh yeah he's going to crush it now the proof is in the pudding um so uh just uh be realistic is my point and, and draft for value uh overall and, and again not by position or anything else finally let's hey, Rob, get how many championships has Randall won Zero that oh, I know, yeah, right. but he's, oh, he's like okay. 80, so I don't know. He's probably won one in 1934. Or yeah. uh, Not in this league. Randall, Randall, Randall came you, in with a lot of hopes and a lot of like just aggressiveness about his, his intelligence, and then mm, now he's in Waffle House. Yeah, he's uh, again, the Wizard of Oz. Came you out too, that's uh that's when he was last good all right we're gonna now go into uh tom i think we've got a nice 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 clip for this this is it's time for bet your nuts My favorite is Bud Bundy right there in the beginning, looking at the phone of that other dude. <laughs> Bud Bundy's the best. I I, I know how he feels. Um, I'm going to go first quickly tomorrow night. I love the Cardinals. Uh, minus 170 against the Rockies. That's Adam Wainwright, even though he's got a, a 70 RA. Uh, the Rockies are dead in the water. Uh, Flexen is starting his own five with an eight-plus ERA. So take the Cardinals, the money line, the odds won't be great, but that's free money. Next, we will go to Chain. 
Um, shocker, going with golf here at the Wyndham Championship. I like my boy JT Poston. Uh, JT Poston is tied for fifth currently. Uh, he is plus 210 to finish in the top five, which is a solid bet. I mean, that's going to happen. But throw a little money on him to win it at plus 800. Uh, love this dude. This is a lesser field. Not to say that his talent's not up there. Um, he's been playing well this year. Uh, knows Caddy. Play golf with him a lot. Uh, Fleener, great dude. I like his caddy. Yeah, Fleener's great. Uh, but J- JT's been playing well. So JT Poston, Dolo Money, top five, plus 210. To throw a little on uh, plus 800 to win it all. Tom? I'm going to go futures here. We're about a month away, just under a month away from the start of college football season. So we're going to go all the way to the end of the season, the college football playoff. Whoa. Let's write Ooh. this down. Rob, are you writing this down? So. Oh, yeah. Okay. Per fan duel, plus. 3,000 currently. The Georgia Bulldogs, Alabama Roll Tide, the team down south, and the University of Michigan, all to make the college football playoff. Plus 3,000. The big you, four. You're to parlaying make the, that? No, that's one bet on FanDuel. I like that. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah. It's a futures par. I guess you would call it a parlay, but it. Wait, that, what that's team one down option. south? Are you saying all four or just Ohio State? The Ohio State and the, the, the oh, team south. You're betting Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio State all Michigan. four make the playoffs to make the playoff. Yes, on uh, the fourteen playoff. Uh, on this year, this yeah, this year, I'll be 14. I'll be your bookie. That won't happen. I'll be your bookie. I agree in a few <laughs> respects. But the one thing I'll say about that is this is the last year that Ohio State and Michigan get to play that game early. And it's kind of a way to kind of both of them sneak in uh, based on what happens later in the year, just like a la last year. Uh, but yeah, I also I don't think a four star quarterback in Carson Beck at Georgia is going to do that. For them, watch out for them losing one or two. God almighty. That's going on later. I think they lose to the Vols. Rob, your your turn. Bet your nuts. So, so, look. I hate the Vols, but. Look, I have been bad, really bad this year. But. In your defense. Racing is fucking hard, dude. You're paying yeah, like yeah, yeah, one dude yeah. out of 40 look, or look, they're, they're Michigan this weekend. Michigan is a wild track. Uh, the favorite six to one. I'm going a little bit further back. I think Harvick at eight to one is a Kevin good Harvick's bet. He, racing? Last yeah. Year. Oh my yeah. God. Uh, I think he, he's the third favorite. He's so going to be like 50. <laughs> I'm going to Harvick, eight to one, um, and then yeah. So NASCAR track again. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be probably in- just picked a 50 year old to win the race in Michigan. Congratulations! I'm going to be at the casino on Sunday to watch oh, it. So uh, we just got a GoFundMe for Robbie's gambling. Yeah, 
Nothing wrong with 50 year olds. Uh, I'm 47, and Tom's like 46, I think. Almost. Well, I'll be 46. There's nothing wrong with 50 year olds, but 50 year olds trying to win a race in NASCAR. That's. It's a, well, that's okay. You know what, not a, Brandon, Brandon, I can't wait to count my money in front of you. I'll just make it rain. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right there. And, you know, I'm going to be off here starting out. <laughs> <laughs> you got to you gotta warn me before you do that against him. Sorry. But uh, final words. We're uh, out of control. Let's stick with Rob here. No, dude, I think we're on fire. Let's go to final words. Here comes the graphic. Oh, shit. Did I fuck it up, Tom? I'm sorry. Final yeah, words, Rob. Yeah, we'll start yeah. with you. Um, yeah. So uh, it was. It, hey, for me, um, and talking to you guys, really more so than the crowd, it's been great to change roles and be a talking head as opposed to host. And uh, I think we're going to do this more in the future. We're going to all rotate being hosts and talking people. Um, I enjoy tonight. Uh, it's been a change for me and Hey, I love the show and we keep growing and growing and keep seeing better. Tom, obviously always thank you. And then Brandon, you and I just sit here and just, uh, we're the Marty, Marty. I don't we're even know why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but thank you guys. And thanks people that are watching like subscribe, please help us football seasons around the corner. And that's going to be fantastic. Absolutely. Tom? Uh, I'm going to stay close to home. And if you, if you saw the uh, little graphic earlier or the nameplate earlier, uh, Lions season ticket holder, uh, this is the first year in Ford Field's history that they sold out completely for season tickets for the upcoming season. Uh, wow. There is so much hype in this, in this town for the lovable mm -hmm. Leos. Or as our good buddy Rich Jasper calls them, the Pontiac Pussycats, even though they are in Detroit now. But um, it, it it's exciting. And it's, it's so exciting that my wife and I decided, you know what, I want to get in on that. And and I'm glad we did because there's already a waiting list brewing up for next year. Uh, so you got to put a deposit down if you want to even get a chance for next year. So we're in. We, we would get uh, our opportunity next year. But it's just so exciting. And and Raj and I did a show the other day. If you haven't checked it out, it's the MLB trade deadline uh, special we did. It was a lot of fun. And um, my my name was a disgruntled Tiger fan because that's about how the fan base has been in this town. And for the first time uh, since 1991, there's potential for the Detroit Lions. So I, I love it. I'm, I'm eating the cornbread, drinking the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid. So Forward down the field, baby. Let's go. I'm on raw, baby. I'm on raw. I'm all about sun the god. Lions. I'm yep. on raw, the sun god. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to go quickly before we end with Brandon Chain. Along the same lines, our friend uh, Barrett Brightwell, uh, who actually played tight end at the University of Tennessee in Chattanooga, uh, knows everyone here well. He actually texted me and was like, you know, it, it's I love the trade deadline show. Something really needs to be said, and he's absolutely right, about two historic seasons happening right now. One with Shohei just being Shohei. It, it's a, a single name that is a verb, an adjective. It's mm -hmm. just like, you know, if you go to the club and you bring a girl home, you went Shohei on her. Like, it's, 
it's everything. Um, and, and I'm way out of the game on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think I had to explain, uh, explain it further, but um, the other, the other one, uh, it's like I missed the club. No, Live goal. Go uh, the other person is, you know, uh, I, I I'm hesitant to praise Atlanta Braves nation, Braves country. But Ronald Acuna Jr. and Barrett was absolutely right. Right now he's sitting at like 51 stolen bases and 25, 30 home runs. He's right around Freeman at 330 plus. I mean, this is a guy who conceivably could be a 40-80 guy is what is what Barrett said. Like 40 home runs and 80 stolen bases, which would be beyond unprecedented. unprecedented. It, it just would – Blow the mind. My concern with him is how much they utilize him with, you know, how much he runs and everything he does. I mean, he's got probably the best hose in all of baseball from right field. Uh, just a phenomenal player. And these are historic players. And we're talking about a game that's been shortened um, with probably the best talent it's ever had. And after the trade deadline, I mean, baseball is a beautiful, beautiful game. I'm touched. My 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 kid, who's nine, loves it more than any other sport. Now I probably like watching football. I played basketball, but um, I think it says a lot that a younger generation is still in love with the game, and I think it's only going to get better, and the fan base is going to grow further. Um, hey. After that, oh no, now what? Go ahead. We're already at fucking an hour and a half. I was just Say, saying, I'm happy Barrett's still alive. Yes. He is alive. He just doesn't like you. Um, just kidding. Oh, yeah. Who does? Uh, no. <laughs> just kidding. I think he reads like, like we have a huge thread, but he, he texts me occasionally. Uh, I mean, that's, that's acceptable. <laughs> Finally, we are ending the show. Final words. Last call. I'm not going to say anything more. So you're going to close us out as well. Brandon Chang. Oh, man. Um, that was a fun show tonight, boys. Uh, Raj, that that was a nice little interjection there with the, the new host. I think, like Robbie said, we're I think we're going to change it up. You know, Robbie likes to be a talking head. Raj, we can never get to stop talking, but eventually he will. Hosting is helpful. It's kind yeah, of I was a on coping time, bro. mechanism. First time ever. I was on time. <laughs> Just now, and, 30 and this is how we get Raj on time yeah. is when he's the host. So um, maybe he he might he can do it outwill us all. But no, it's going to be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to this NFL season, boys. We've got a lot of great content coming up. So please like and subscribe. We're going to kill it this you know this whole NFL season and you know any other sport. Um, off topic, whatever. We're random. We're crazy. Uh, we're entertaining. So like, subscribe. We love it. Uh, love you guys, and thanks for watching us. Well, I will say one one final thing, one, real quick. One more. Here we go. I one more question for an attorney. Uh, I will say this. So football season starting. Raj and I, huge college basketball fans. So uh, from football season till the final four. We'll be here every weekend with stuff to talk about, uh, ready to go. I think you might need to look up what final word means. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your input. Everybody, we appreciate it. One Those who don't know, our views and engagements are in the thousands and hundreds of thousands over the month. So thank you, everyone. 
Keep watching. Explain the concept of reels. Hit subscribe. All that stuff on the right hand side. And yeah, man, more content is oh. coming. Thank you all. Oh my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tom Sloan with the production. Look at these graphics. Yeah. Oh, we should we should have like the closing production. Tom Sloan editing Tom Sloan. Everything everything Tom. (laughs) Just Tom everything. He's not Sean Payton, dude. He is not, he doesn't need self-promotion. He's not Sean Payton. And on that note, (laughs) thank you, everyone. See you guys. Yeah, we're out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation.